0: We've been, uh, for the last two weeks, looking at this whole thing called unity, oneness in Him and with one another. And I think pretty much most of the people have spoken from John 17, which is where Jesus prays. Jesus was the high priest, and uh, He prays this priestly prayer, for, that, that He prays that past disciples, present and future disciples would be one in Him and His Father. It goes to say that they would be, Father, that they would be in us and be perfected in unity. What does it mean to be perfected into oneness with the Son and the Father? That's pretty phenomenal, isn't it? That Jesus prays this incredible prayer that you and I would be perfected into unity with them and this morning I started to unpack uh, why he would pray that prayer why is that the prayer that Jesus prayed when he could have prayed 50 million trillion prayers he decides to pray in this moment in time before he goes to his death that his disciples then, now and future would maintain this oneness in the spirit with him and his father He could have prayed for non-Christian people. He could have prayed for signs and wonders. He could have prayed uh, for no more earthquakes. He could have prayed for a whole lot of different things, couldn't he? But he doesn't. He says this incredible, powerful prayer, which is truly phenomenal. So why? Because if we understand the why, then we can move forward towards it. If you have the why down, the why is the motivator for laying one's life down. Why do we come here? Why do we give? Why, do we, why, would it, why would I want to lay my life down for you? When my natural wiring is to look after me? Isn't it? I have this nature that wants to take care of Greg. Never mind anyone else. So, what is the motivator behind why I would want to lay my life down? Why did Jesus pray this prayer? You see, if we, the picture of the future determines how we run. Our ability to see the future will determine how we run. And when I read my word, I see men and women who saw the future. And faith was established in their heart. This one man called Abraham, he was accredited righteousness because of his faith. Faith that saw. See, we say things like this, that live by faith, not by sight that's right, but faith sees. I don't live by what I see physically, I live by the sight that comes from the heart, which is faith. These things that are seen are a temple, the things that are unseen, are eternal. Why would Jesus pray the prayer? Out of 50 million prayers, why would he pray this one? And I want to unpack four things tonight, and I'm going to challenge or talk about mindsets that at least I've seen in God's people tied around the will of God thing. And I hope tonight that I might bring some clarity to this whole thing called the will of God because I think if there's almost one of the greatest mysteries in the church and God's people is the will of God. And we talk about it as if it's a mystery and it's almost this unknown thing that we're always trying to find. Yet the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says if your mind is renewed, you'll you'll be able to prove what the will of God is. So the will of God's not hidden. I would suggest we may not have eyes to actually see it because we're looking through the eyes of the flesh and not the spirit. And so I want to, what I believe, and it's just my personal conviction of my own intimacy with the Father, share with you tonight what I, not believe, but I'm convicted in my spirit is the macro will of God for the Father and why He would pray the prayer He prayed. Is that cool? I'm not saying you have to believe it. You may not. What I would encourage you to do is this. Don't write it off. Be like a Berean in Acts 17:11 and be someone that receives what is said with an eagerness and an expectation and a hungerness and then go to the Scriptures and, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the Scriptures to you and then discern whether you believe in Him and ask Him whether it's truth or not. That's actually how we're to take everything we hear, isn't it? I'm going to challenge Jeremiah 29:11 tonight for the plans I have for you, says the Lord. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at that. So I think that very scripture and how that's been preached has led a whole lot of people down pathways looking for things that don't exist. Are you up for it? One of the reasons why Jesus prays for oneness in spirit, and as I go forward and as the other guys go, we're going to look at what that looks like. How is it outworked? God showed me last year transformational community. He gave me over Acts 4 and 5, I don't know, there's probably about 10 or 12 pages as I started to write what a transformational community looks like, led by the Spirit, not by flesh, because we try and manufacture that all the time. We try and create these oneness of community and expression through flesh. It never lasts, it never works. See, when you read about Acts, you've got to see that it's a heart posture that's pumping. Because all these people have been led somewhere of oneness in the Spirit. Hence they can give things away. Because they're all in the oneness of Spirit. One Spirit, one love, one heartbeat intent on one purpose, led by a Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. That's a challenge for us. So in John 17, why does Jesus say, I pray that they will be one? Well, He tells you. He says... If my people are one, a world will believe that I was sent. I don't know about you, I think that's phenomenal. That if we are one in spirit, if you and I commit to going through and into the same process together, arm in arm, interlocked, not going to walk away, I'm committed to coming into this of the spirit with you. Honouring the gift on your life, you honour the gift on my life. And as we enter into the cross, through the cross, into the Christ, discovering the hidden mysteries and the treasures that come alive in us, then a world would know that Jesus, they would believe he was sent. Why? Because of the oneness that's in God's people. What is that? What do people see when they see that? Do you think they just see us? They see Him. They see the King of kings and the Lord of lords in His people. Now, if I try and attempt that in my flesh, that's impossible. The Bible says with man, that's impossible. All things are possible with who? God. See, I'm not going to be overwhelmed when I read Scripture and go, I can't. I can't. That's right, I can't. But the Christ in me says that all things are possible in Christ who strengthens me. It's all possible in Him, in Him. If I let go of my desires and my wants and I can start to see Him and His purposes for me. Not asking for special dreams of my own, but God, what are your dreams? What do you want? You want oneness. Jesus has his own dreams and he says, I'm going to declare it to you. I'm looking for oneness in my people. And if my people are one in spirit, listen, being one in spirit and one in flesh are miles different. I can get, we can get everyone here conforming to a purpose or a vision statement. And there may be no oneness in spirit in that at all. It may be purely flesh. Yes and amen, but it's purely just flesh. Is it truly oneness in spirit with the Father where as you enter into that process, the life of Christ in you starts to come out of you. There's a letting go of an old life and a grabbing hold of a new life. Old attitudes, old language seem to get buried and new language, and new life comes forth. Red is red and blue is blue. Ears to hear what the Spirit says. Not what you think it says, what the Spirit actually says. So we all leave this room tonight and we are one in the Spirit. Not, oh, he said this, no, he said that, no, he said this, no, he said that. If my people are in us, a world would believe, not just no, believe. Does the world believe that Jesus was sent because of our oneness? Yes, no. No. So we have a great opportunity, don't we? See, I made a commitment two weeks ago, and a I would say, a renewed vow. With him to go this. I'm going to lay my life down more now for oneness with every brother and sister that's at the rock. If I offend someone, I'm going to do everything I can to create oneness. I'm going to put everything aside that may be coming at me, that may be wrong, and go, it's okay call me what you want it's okay my commitment is to oneness with my father and with my brothers and sisters i'm not going to let the offense or the language take me out or get me muddled up in a battlefield of the mind and get all like that's what the enemy wants i'm going to go no offense i'm not even going to listen to it how do we reconcile this out what do i need to do What do you need to do that we can maintain oneness because if we can be one of the Spirit, a world looks... It's all about glorifying the Father, isn't it? It's not about my agenda. It's not about what I want. It's about what He wants on the earth now and in the future. So how do I take myself out of that and place myself in it in a different capacity so the glory may go to Him? So a world would believe. I want everyone to believe in Jesus and know Jesus, because my life has been transformed and is through meeting this person who's living. There's nothing that comes close to knowing Him. Nothing. No woman, no drug, no child, nothing in the world comes closest to knowing Jesus. I want to lay my life down for that. So that's number reason number one. I believe got a conviction that Jesus prays for oneness so a world would see Him in the church and believe. Number two, three, and four is this, and I'm just going to read this out. It's also my personal conviction today that along with this reason, Jesus prayed for this oneness of the Spirit, a people of Spirit and truth, because... If we commit our lives to this and we commit our lives to allowing the kingdom of God to be built in us. We would allow the lordship of Christ into our thinking and into our hearts. We would allow God to reign in us. What does that mean, Greg? That means I'm committed to the process of allowing Christ to build a living stone. The way he wants to build it. See, when Jesus said, I will build my church, he meant I'm going to build people that love like me, act like me, have my nature, have my character, and have my power. So when we all sign up to following Christ, we sign up to letting him build his kingdom in us. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is peace, joy, and righteousness. And then the kingdom would outwork itself through us in things like miracles and healing and preaching the gospel. But there's a two-part picture in that. So I pray that they would be one. I pray that they would allow the kingdom, my dominion, my rulership to be established in the hearts, in the minds. And the people would commit... To laying their lives down and being transformed and renewed by my spirit. The renewing of the mind only happens via the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit brings to life the living scriptures. And then you experience that in a real way in you. You have a peace, you have a righteousness, you're living from a right perspective, you have a joy. I shared this this morning that John 1 verse 4 says, In Christ, in Him, was life. And the life is the light of men. So the light of men is defined by the life of Christ. If I have the life of Christ in me, coming forth out of me, I will have a greater light. So the question is, how bright is our light? And the Bible says, don't hide your light under a bushel. Let it shine. Let the Christ in you shine. Let Him have dominion. Let Him have rulership. Let Him have dominion over your thinking. Let Him have dominion over every heart decision you're going to make. Am I in love with my wife more than I'm in love with Christ? Am I in love with my children more than I'm in love with Christ? Am I in love with my sport more than I'm in love with Christ? Seek first, Greg, my reality and let me define all those things. It's a challenge, isn't it? It's not just about praying the prayer and going, thank you for my ticket to heaven. It's about transformation, going from glory to glory to glory and allowing the living word to transform us. That's why, second reason, he prayed for oneness. Third reason is because as we go through that process, we're being set apart unto him. Wash in the living word. Wash in my living word. Blameless. Spotless, prepared unto me, being set apart, consecrated, holy unto the Lord. God gives us typologies and pictures, Levitical priests. The Bible talks about being priests. See, there's so much in here that I don't think we even scratched the surface of. And the fourth reason. As he's, as he's preparing His people, the Bible talks about the people reigning with Him in a thousand year reign. When He comes back, bringing His kingdom with Him. I shared this this morning. I'm going to share it again. We are praying prayers that have already arrived. We keep asking for things that are here. Jesus said in Matthew, repent, which means change the way you think. It's a whole lifestyle, lifetime you're going to do it's about taking off your mind which you have no concept of understanding me and me putting your head back on with the spirit so you can see and that is a journey of a lifetime you sign up for so repent because my kingdom has come with me and it is at hand and he says to Nicodemus you must be born of the spirit to see it but if you want to enter into it, if you want to experience it, if you want this transformation to happen so you can see things from within, there is rivering waters coming forth out of you, then you have to be washed with water, born of spirit and water, which is an obedient lifestyle to Him. God, I will let you mess me up. You've got to give Him authority to mess you up. Do you realize that? You've got to give him permission. Say, I'm going to seek you, and whatever that looks like, I give you authority. I, I let your lordship come. So every heart posture, every mind attitude, thought, that I think is not quite aligned. God, I want to live a lifestyle of repentance so it can turn, and I can see as you see. Give me wisdom, because you know what to do. It's what Solomon prayed. Could have once again. He could have prayed for anything. He prays for wisdom and discernment. I don't know if I would have. I might have prayed for the Ferrari or can I be number nine for Liverpool? But just one game. I go to Melbourne and you know run out with the lads. No, Solomon prays for discernment and wisdom. Lord, I want you. I want your ways. I want to see like you see. Four reasons. Personal conviction. My own conviction through my own intimacy, through how I believe God is revealing as to why Christ prayed for oneness. I also carry this conviction. Is that right here is the macro will of God for his people. We no longer have to ask ourselves what the will of God is for our lives We'll go on a search looking for it. And as I said before, in fact, Romans 12.2 says, says, if our minds are being renewed by his spirit, we will prove the will of God. And I want to suggest to us today, this is why Jesus prayed for oneness and spirit with him, his father, and one another, so we can all partake of it. But there is a renewing of our minds that needs to happen because we need to come into the living reality. If what I've said is true, we actually need to come into the living reality of it. It's no good just knowing it in your head, theologically. You go, oh yeah, okay, I understand that theologically or I understand this in anything. It's coming into the living word, the living reality of it which is within, which sets you free. Has anyone found that? You can say, I'm free in Christ and struggle with X, Y, and Z. Now you're free in Him, free from hell, free from this, free from that. But am I free from this, this, and this? No. If I'm still struggling with something, am I free of it? If I struggle with an addiction, am I free of that addiction? He came to set me free. Heaven set me free from everything, completeness in me, that I no longer struggle, I overcome those things, and I move forward, going from glory to glory, going from measure to measure, being set apart from those things. Oneness in the Spirit, as I enter into Christ and the life of Christ. Was Christ addicted to anything? Was Christ struggling? Was He not in freedom, His whole being? Yes, yes. So, is that what we want to move towards? Is He the goal? Likeness like Christ, that I'm moving towards. I have that faith to engage in that process alone. It's possible. It's absolutely 100% possible. Why? Because God says so. And my money's on the guy that goes, poof, there's light. Hey, woman, I'll grab Adam out of woman. Whew, there you go, there's a woman. Have a bit of that. And I'm gonna do it all in six days. Hey, Simnor, can you do that? No. Hey, Job, can you do that? What are you whinging about? What are you moaning about, son? But, 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 what are you moaning about? Were you there when that happened? Were you there when that happened? No. You're just a bit of clay. I'm God. And what I say goes, so if I say, I come to set you free, I've come to set you free. And I've come to set the captive free. I've come to bring my kingdom. And it's a reality that my people can enter into me to a measure that you are so free, so radically on fire, that man, your whole life will be set apart from the world. You won't want that crap. All you want is him and his purposes because you've seen something, you're in him and you're on fire. Do you believe that's possible to live that kind of life? Because we have to believe it, it's possible. To be so on fire with the Spirit, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink, and from their being will flow rivers. I'm gunning for that. I don't want a trickle, I want a river. If a river's on offer, I'm going for a river. Thank you. <laughs> Why would He pray for oneness? Because He has everything for us. He's our loving Father. I haven't just saved you from hell. Come on, wake up. I've got a much bigger plan from that. I never started with a problem. I'm God. I don't start with problems. Why have you made it all about a problem? Adam and Eve weren't in a problem. They were in perfection. See through the Spirit. See through the eyes of God. Not your own limited sight. David said, remove this false way from me. I'm struggling to see. If I can see the finish, if I can see a greater reality, I can commit and move towards it. And what happens is, little old Greg, the old life, just gets less and less and less and less as he increases and increases and increases from within because I can see here. And I've been open, my eyes have been open to Paul. I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to the knowledge of what he has done for you all. But there's this thing called faith that we have to attach itself to that. And faith comes by hearing. Can you hear what is being said tonight? Will you believe what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. But as I've said, it's my conviction. And come me to Ephesians. Now come me to Romans 8. I read Ephesians four seventeen to 24 this morning, and go have a look at that later on. And this is a similar sort of passage. Ephesians 4 talks about the mind being renewed via the Spirit. See, we've got to understand that we, are, we, we have a fleshly nature and this is a whole spiritual reality. So we can come into the things of the Spirit because we have the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, we've got to understand where we've come from and the nature that still lives within and that this whole thing is about transformation. Because if we think we've arrived, we're in trouble. We've said that before. You see, we see a man. God gives us all these examples. He sends a man called Nicodemus to show us a man in the flesh and a man in the spirit. Jesus is speaking one reality. The man of the flesh is speaking another. And Romans 8, 5 to 6, says this. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are of, according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. So I'm going to give you four reasons again why I believe that Jesus prayed for oneness. One, so the world would believe that he was sent. That alone is a pretty big ask. But as we've said, it's possible for that to be a reality. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the book. And I'm trusting God because God is God. He wrote the book, so it must be true. And it must be possible because God doesn't put the carrot out and take it back and say, heart fooled you. And God never lies. The second reason I believe is he prays for oneness because he knows as we enter into that process and we enter into him, then the kingdom of God will be established in us and through us, which means the world will believe that He was sent again, and we will be transformed in that very process as our minds are renewed, because the mind is the battlefield, isn't it? It's where you attack yourself, and it's where the enemy attacks you. I can't do that. <clears throat> That's orphan mentality, right there. That's a slave mentality because it's opposite to what the Bible says. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if Christ is in me, and I'm depending on him, Christ in me can do all things. So if I keep speaking this language over myself, then I hear the language I speak, I speak it out, I live it out. I live a life of death. See, death comes from hearing, faith comes from hearing. And if I speak death, I'll hear death and I'll live death out. The mind set on the flesh is death. The mind on the spirit that's being renewed starts to speak life. In Christ all things are possible. Though so it's possible that this can be a reality. A kingdom coming through. It's possible that I can live my whole life with rivers coming out. Yeah? I'm trying to inspire you. I'm trying to awake. I'm trying to go, this is, this is possible. It's not theory. It's a living reality. That I'm in Christ, the fullness of Christ. I'm coming in more and more as I'm letting go of me. As I'm allowing the obstacle, the challenge. And I'm going to go, you know what? This thing that's coming at me, I'm going to overcome. I'm going to put on the opposite spirit. I'm going to allow it. I'm going to love. And there's going to be a work that's done in my heart. That's why God allows things to happen at times, to do a work in us. We want to run away from it. Let it happen. God's looking and says, am I going to find a church that will model me? Am I going to find one that will model my love rather than get offended when it's offended? I'm talking to me tonight. It's a massive challenge to be set apart as his bride and we're going to look at this thing called righteous acts, good works. And to possibly reign with him in this thing called the thousand year reign. And I know some of these things we're talking about, I've, I haven't heard from a pulpit. So some of them, maybe a lot of them, are new to our thinking. But let's get into this. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten the words here. Like I said to you before, the will of God. This thing says, if my mind is renewed, I will prove the will of God. So if I'm still going, I don't know what the will of God is, am I being renewed in this book? Once again, this is reality. This is truth. Not what I think, not what I feel, but what this says. So does my life align to this? And if it's not, that's alright. But do I want it to? Do I want to be moving towards what this says? Do I want to move towards having a reality of living water? Is there anything in me that's stirring up? And if there's not, then ask the Father for a desire. If you're that, if we're that, I remember yonks ago, you know, I had no hunger for the Word of God, none. I not even even—I'm not even interested. How crazy is that? I could sing; I loved to sing to Him, but I had no hunger. I'd read one book, I think two books, in my whole life, at the age of 29. Maybe skim-read something for school, trying to figure out that, but anything more than 50 pages, forget it. That's when I just want to go play sport. God, I'm in trouble. I've had a prophetic word that I'm going to preach the thing. I don't even know really what's in it. So, help. <laughs> help me. And I can't remember when. It took a while. And then one day after just asking and 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 asking, and asking it says be persistent in prayer. Not Once asking and asking and asking come on haven't got it come on i want it i want it he's looking he sees man you're getting a bit painful you're knocking the knock gets louder come on come on come on do we have that heart one day i woke up and boom i've got a hunger to read i mean a hunger to eat to consume I'm like into this. I got other books. I was just like, ah, getting hungry and hungry. I mean my dad coming down, and my dad was a bookworm. If there ever, it was so opposite. You know, I've got my dad that's got 50 million books, and he's got a son who has none. <laughs> Figure that one out. He comes down, and by this stage, I've bought a bookshelf. <laughs> got about 20 books. Woohoo! Read them eating the word, he walks in, and in his broad Liverpool accent, he says, all right, son, he says, who's of the books? And I said, ah, they're mine, Dad. He goes, I oh. don't <laughs> if I can use that word. He, sa- <laughs> he said a word. He said, there must be a God of your reading books. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Christian by that stage. But see, there's a reality, there's a hunger God wants us to consume and enter in, but through the eyes of the Spirit, so we can see some of the things that I've been talking about. See it. Abraham, the Bible says in John that Abraham saw Christ before Christ ever was. Abraham was well gone when Christ was born, wasn't he? So how does a man who's not even born see a man 2,500 years into the future? And it was good, John says. How does Abraham see a city being built in the future and receive the promise of it when he doesn't get it now? Because he sees through his Spirit oneness in him. Why does he pray? So a world will believe. Number two, so the kingdom of God, we would commit To the kingdom of God being established in our lives. What happens? The church comes alive. It comes alive. It's set free from the world. It's connected to the Father. There's nothing you won't do. Lay my life down. I'm a dead man walking. You can't offend me, Pam. I can't offend Pam. Why? Because I committed to being dead a long time ago. I want to be one with the woman. One in spirit. So we can come into the fullness of what God has and then a world would look and go, what have these three, four, five people got? Because I can't find it anywhere. It must be supernatural. It must be of some other dimension. Yes, it's called Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the father of fathers. And the Bible says that many were added because of the oneness in this community. But it wasn't flesh, it was spirit. Spirit. And it manifests itself in generosity and love. And we try and replicate that through acts of the flesh and it never lasts. You see, we've all got to go through the funnel of the Spirit together and together walk through it. Encouraging one another as we go. Honoring gifts on one another as we go. So as one people, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the sons of Christ, the nation of Christ is established on planet earth. Woo! And the manifold wisdom of God comes through the church that are one in spirit. Now, I want to go amen and agree and walk with my brothers and sisters to see that church established on the earth. But I know the cost involved in that. But I believe as we commit to that, you know what? Heaven's sight comes. The future becomes now. We start seeing things that he bought for on that cross. Now receive it and move towards it. Now I just want to slightly transition. What's the time? 36. I'm going to go fly. I'm just going to read this out. Okay? We confuse what his will is for us with what we think his will is for us. Okay. I believe those four points are his macro will for you and I. We confuse what His will is for us with what we think His will is for us because our thinking and our desires have not been renewed by the Spirit of God, so we are unable to see through His eyes. Romans 8, 5-6. Ephesians 4, 17-24. Let me give you an example. If I think me the macro will have gone for my life is to be a senior leader of a church community rather than being set apart unto him and moving towards these promises, then I can fully miss the macro picture God invites me to be part of. Let me give context to that. See, we've taken scriptures like Jeremiah 29, 11, which the context for that is about the nation Israel. And God has spread them in the earth. Eleven tribes cut off. Boom, gone. You're gone into the people. I've had enough. So I'm cutting off and you're gone into exile. And He says, I'm bringing these people back as a nation. The plans that I have are for a nation. Not individuals. And we go like this. For God knows the plans He has. And we, so we all think there's all these individual plans He has for us. And we call those things the will of God. No. Those things that He has for us to do are good works. Righteous acts as we hear and obey Him. But I want to ask you to, or, or share with you tonight that the macro will of God Prove what the will of God is, is that we would be one that a world would believe, number one. Number two, that as we allow the kingdom of God to be established in us, is preparing us to be his bride and to reign with him on the earth. And that my role here as a senior leader is something that I've heard and am I obeying And the Bible describes it as a righteous act of the saints which is preparing unto me a garment in Revelation. Ephesians tells me there are good works for me to do, for us to do on the earth that God has prepared. Yes? But is that all there is? Or do those good works prepare me for the macro plan of God? Can you hear what I'm saying? That there is a macro purpose that the Father has, that He created well before we ever existed. Never started with a problem. Started well before that. And so my role here at The Rock, next year I might not be here. God might say to me, Greg, I want you to move off. I hear and obey a right act He may not. He may say, son, I want you here the whole time until I come and get you or till you die. And that is preparing me to the macro will of God. It's just a right act. It's a good work. It's awesome. And I need to be close enough to him to hear that and then obey it, don't I? But if I think that is the macro will of God just to to do these good works, I'm going to miss it. Because there's something much bigger than God has created me for. These are a stepping stone. See, we make the means an end and the ends a means. Like marriage. Marriage is a means towards an end. It's not an end in amongst itself. So I may be here for another five years and God says, that's it. Kirk, Clay, Simon, LJ, they're taken over. Awesome. Cool, what have you got me to do? And then it might be that for another five years, and then it's something else. It's a right act, a right act, a good work. And all that is building you to my macro will because you've seen it in the Spirit. And you're moving towards it. Let me read... Um, Revelation 19, 7-9. Let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Are you making yourself ready? Are you hearing and obeying and doing right acts? See, right acts are things He leads and you obey. But let's not confuse that with the macro will of God. Can you hear what I'm saying? Maybe. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. These are the true words of God. So me being here, that's not the macro will of God for my life. Me having a family not the macro will of God for my life. They might be right acts that he asked me to do, but I'm moving something bigger than this planet. I'm only here for 80 years, and i spend there in an infinite eternity. Those good works, those right acts, Greg, go here. You're, we have to do those everywhere we go, aren't we? Everywhere we go, every 24-7, we're hearing and obeying. Go give $10 over there to Adele. Boom, do that. Right, I'm at the supermarket. I hear and obey. Go prophesy over that lady. Do that. Come over here. Those are right acts preparing me to the will of the Father. Let me read that again. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. As we do these acts, hear and obey A linen garment is being prepared for us for His will. That's why we've got to have, set your mind on the things above, where Christ is seated in heavenly places, not on the things of the earth. Give me vision to see as you see, Lord. Give me vision to understand who you are as creator and how you've created and your plans and your purposes. Remove the false way from me, David said. I haven't got a mind big enough to contain what he has designed. No, eye has seen, ear has heard, mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him through the Spirit of God. We've limited him to this planet. I love this place. I'm laying my life down to see his glory, but half of me wants to leave. I'm being honest with you right now, if the offer came down from heaven, Greg, you can go. I reckon I'd be on it. One eye there, one eye here, walking in the tension of that. Seeing the macro, proving the will of God. Not looking for something that doesn't actually maybe exist. Hearing his voice, obeying his voice. Greg, want you to go to Palmerston North for two years, son. Yep, cool, done. Righteous act, well done. Then I want you to come to, uh, to Wellington. I'm going to start in ministry. Heard that, obeyed that, well done. Greg, want you to leave next year and set up another community in Auckland. Heard that, well done. All those things moving towards the macro will of God. He's looking. Will you obey? Here, obey. Here, obey. Want you to give $10 to this. Want you to go hug Noel. Want you to go around spend some time with this person. Hear and obey. Righteous acts building unto macro picture. See, we've hoodwinked ourselves. So that's why. <laughs> that's why I believe, and I carry a conviction that Jesus prayed for oneness. Radical stuff, oneness in the spirit. I'm going to unpack what that, how, who, over the next few weeks. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not of this world. What did Jesus say to Pilate when he was about to be crucified? Anyone tell me what he said? My kingdom is not of this world or this realm. It's not of. Repent. My kingdom came with me. It's of the Spirit. The only way you and I can understand it if our minds are renewed via the Spirit. So we pray, Father, unlock the mysteries, renew our minds. I've got this much renewed knowledge of you. This is how much I know. Man, I've heard something tonight which, whoa, I don't even know if it's even true. So let's move and, our ah, Father, unlock, and I'm going to commit to walking with you reveal i want to walk with others i want to contend there are all these different giftings that you've put to bring oneness together help me to see the giftings help me to honor the giftings help me to celebrate what's on other people not be insecure or afraid of what's on other people and try and pull it all down and control it help me to live a life of faith father where i can move with my brothers and sisters and create a oneness and spirit which is so phenomenal with you that would be preparing me for something of the eternity while in the now, people are in awe and are adding to a community because they see God in the people of God. Amen? Can we pray? Father, I want to thank you for every person that's here tonight, that was here this morning. Lord, I pray that love and oneness would be our goal. That walking together with you and the Father and being in you and committing to being in that process and that we would do that as a community. That you would bring us into this heart posture and this mind posture of one spirit, one love. One intent on one purpose. Being committed to seeing and allowing the kingdom of God to be built within us, awaiting You coming, Father, whenever that is. But building a life now of being ready and prepared and intentional. Allowing Your glory to manifest itself in and through us. You know, if you go and read John 17, it even says that I'm going to give them your glory. He wants to give us his glory. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the vessel. We've been created to have a spirit that inhabits us and it's him. The light of Christ in the church. The life of Christ in the church. Being prepared, Father. And so, God, today, as I pray this morning, I pray we would wrestle with you. Wrestle, Lord, like Jacob did. I pray our eyes would be opened. I pray that our hearts would be enlightened to the knowledge of you, Father and your plans and your purposes.